0: Yo guys, this is Rob again, just giving you a brief heads up that the audio you're getting ready to listen to is Rick and I in the minivan again on our way home from Myrtle Beach while our lovely wives and kiddos get to ride in their plane and get home in just a meager hour and a half or something like that. Uh, we decided to slave in the minivan and drive that bad boy all the way home. But while we did it, we recorded a couple eps, and the audio isn't the greatest being in a minivan and obviously not having all of our equipment with us, but wanted to thank you guys for your patience. And uh, despite the bad audio, we hope you guys do enjoy this episode. We should be back next week with normal-sounding episodes, Lord willing. But all right, guys. Thanks a bunch. Enjoy the episode.
1: Simple and Theology, and a podcast making theology to everyday, everyday life by, by examining
2: various doctrines of the Christian faith. <laughs> you
1: know we're still Kane. on the road, <laughs> and I am Robert Kane. And I'm Rick Rommle. That annoying guy over here is Rick Rommle. Mm. Ouch! Got her. Ouch! And we're still on the road back from Myrtle. Well, we're not by the time you listen to this. <laughs> yeah. By the time you listen to this, uh, this guy's on oh, the right. I, I thought that guy was hitchhiking.
2: I think he was.
1: Oh really? He put his thumb up a little too late if that was the case.
2: Yeah, it was kinda of like
1: I don't know. We only have room in here.
2: Well Luke. that's a terrible
1: reason not to pick a phone up. Someone called you? Yeah, someone is calling me. Um okay, Rick. Yes. We're still going through some of the requested topics that were given yeah, to us.
2: Yeah, because we can't really sit at our desk railroad tracks. Oh, here we go. Um and record with our notes and all that stuff. So, yep. Kind of winging, a l- wing, winging it uh, a, a little, little bit. bit from the hip on this. Um, what do we got today, Rob? Uh, we
1: have something that was sent in by Nathan. Nathan Cadmus. Who yeah. doesn't mind me using his last name. But.
2: Thanks, Nathan.
1: Yeah, appreciate you sending this in, Nathan. But he writes this I've heard a lot of debate about swearing as Christians. How do I know if it's okay, and if so, when it's acceptable? Mm. Going into the film industry as an actor, is it acceptable for me to swear as a character? Thank you for what y'all do. Nathan, first off, thanks for sending the question. Second off, thank you for the encouragement. Third, when you make it big as an actor, don't forget about us.
2: Yeah. So. (laughs) What what do we want Nathan to do once he makes it big? Uh,
1: Just pimp our our show. Tell everyone about it.
2: What, what? Pimp for show?
1: Yeah, it's a slang, slang way of saying, like, promote it.
2: Um, there's a lot of connotations with Pimp rub and Robin. I don't think any of them are good at all. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: okay, so speaking of words, <laughs> cuss words. Yeah, so great question, Nathan. Um, you are not alone in kind of the quandary that people have with words that we refer to as curse words, cuss words. I don't like the... I don't like to phrase them as curse words, because that is a...
1: Or even swear words. Or
2: swear words, yeah, because it's a misinterpretation. We're not cursing someone. We're not swearing at someone or or giving an oath, yeah, which is the uh, kind of definition, the uh, proper definition of curse or swear. Um, However, they are typically vernacular that is unbecoming to most folk and has a negative... strong negative connotation in our society, especially among Christians, uh, for various reasons. Some right, some wrong, but we're gonna kind of dive into that. But a hot take on that is simply, one, you you have to be aware of your own conscience on these things. This is what you were saying, Rob, earlier, in the uh, two minutes we spent (laughs) in the (laughs) show. And that's just that you you have to understand uh, that you will stand before God in the face. his judgment on what you say and the words you use. Rob's got a verse for that. Oh, yes, hold on.
1: Let me get, let me get to it. <laughs> this, is, this is so good. i glad I was ready for that. Okay, Matthew twelve thirty six. You want it in the ESV or the CSB? Let's go CSB. All right, we're big fans of the CSB. We're also big fans of the ESV, but. Let's just read the verse. <laughs> okay, here's the verse. Matthew twelve thirty six. All right. It says this. I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to account for every careless word they speak. Mm. Every careless word.
2: So, so that goes beyond, obviously, just using, you know, um, cuss words. I'm trying to say cuss words from now on. Um, anywhere that's just kind of like pointless or frivolous. And, and I was telling Rob, super convicting that passage is because just, you sound, you say stuff so much, and you say things jokingly, you know, you say the word pimp, and it's just like, I don't know All about right. that. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah, but this is a really good topic for us to kind of get into and wade into.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, there, I'm going to read a few passages here because these are, I mean, Scripture talks about being slow to speak, mm-hmm. and quick to listen, and then talks about how we're going to give an account for every careless word, and so, like like you just kindly of, Pointed it out, <laughs> sometimes we, we use words without really giving much thought to it, and, and Scripture speaks to that, but we also don't want to be the guys who are just spewing out condemnation to everybody about hey, right. what the Scripture says, and so therefore... Yeah.
2: And, and I would add just a caveat before you start reading those passages, Rob, Yeah. and, and that is that people can be hyper-legalistic one way or the other. I mean,
1: it's yes. funny...
2: You could be you can be, be anti legalist legalist. Like you're so yeah. anti legalist and you're a legalist about being anti legalist. Yeah, it's like point. like there's you can't how dare you say anything is the right or wrong thing or, you know, it's like whoa whoa, whoa. The scripture's clear, like we do have some it guides <laughs> us on these things, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So there's a scriptural side to it and then there's just a cultural side to it. So we wanna be slow to to condemn or to to say this is absolutely right or wrong. But we do think that this is an area that people do need to think about and consider Scripture. What Scripture has to say, and, and even pray about it, um, because it, it is significant. Yeah, and, and it's,
1: it's one of the things that people, like cursing in church, you know, or I shouldn't even say you know, cussing, let's say cussing, hmm. because we're trying to stay away from the old cursing, swearing.
2: Those, cussing Yeah. So church.
1: So cussing in church has become more popular, which is a shame.
2: Like on a sermon or something. Is it, is do you know someone who
1: cusses during their
2: sermon what what do you mean like in church Then,
1: like, just, just like uh, people brothers and sisters in Christ who are working and following Jesus who are attending church who are living the one another like they, they're, they're faithful but they just don't seem to to be overly concerned about the way they use their tongue yeah okay so like cussing using cuss words almost as like a shock effect yeah within, within Christian circles has right. become more popular and it's a lot of it is because people are trying to push back this like legalistic culture that came out of the 50s 60s and yeah. maybe even before then but they're trying to push back and sort of like look I'm free to use my words and not to worry about going to hell for it when okay like there's a difference between not being legalistic and abusing some of the liberties and freedoms that you have or just doing things that you don't even have liberty or freedom to do right based off what scripture says and so like there's been this this pendulum swing back just to build off what you said of people being like hey like it's okay to say these words because we're not saved by works we're saved by faith and faith alone in Christ alone by grace like grace alone so but like, that whole thing has kind of led to some people going overboard with it and not giving much thought towards the words that they use. Right. So let's read here what some of these passages are. So Ephesians 4.29, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And then James 3.10, From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers, these things ought not to be so. Now, granted, when it says cursing there, we recognize that Paul, or no, James, is probably not referring to four-letter words. Funny words. Yeah, that we call curse words. He's probably, it, almost certainly, talking about saying a... a uh, curse upon someone. A cur- yeah, a curse upon someone, not like yeah. Harry Potter, putting it. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, that's why
2: we don't listen to or watch Harry Potter.
1: <laughs> Ephesians 5.4, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. And so in Proverbs 4.24, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Colossians 3.8, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. And so scripture has a ton to say about the words that we... That come out of our mouths, and there's so many more verses here. Like I'm just scrolling through these, trying to pick a few here, but I think you guys get the point that what we say is an overflow of what's in our heart.
2: Well, let's just think about the same passage where Jesus says to, or to Peter, you know, or is it, yeah, to Paul? I don't
1: know. He doesn't say. It to, well, he's, he does talk to Paul, but um, it's on the road. to
2: Wait, well, He's just saying Damascus. The, the she comes down. He says, "Kill any, Yeah, um, Peter. Yeah, he says it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out.
1: Yeah.
2: Or is that is that what the when he's talking about the the Pharisees? Ah.
0: Uh,
2: ah. See. Ah. Uh, uh, too simple for these things. Yeah. Uh, but but it's the, the scripture says it's not what what goes into someone that defiles him. It's what comes out. What their mouth, meaning out of the out of the overflow.
1: overflow of the, heart. Of the
2: heart. The mouth speaks. Yeah. Um. So these these verses are, are talking about you know that it's really important we think about what we say and how we talk. Now, having said that, you know there are people who grow up and, and if just with their family or even part, different parts of the country where like certain words are almost like pauses. Like we say like as a pause, you know, hmm. or um, um, I think or and then it was like this, and, well, like, you know what I mean? And and we had those words that were just kind of like a fill, yeah. filler. And for some people growing up, it was, that was just a cuss word. Like, they just put, would put in the F word there or something. Yeah, Like, yeah. as a filler, it had no bearing, um, yep. you know? And, and, like, there's words that people say, and, like, the most direct synonym is darn it, or dang it, or shoot, or, you know, they, they say these words um, just as a an exclamation more or less to kind of clarify their frustration or and that's really emotion. Yeah, and that's
1: really what like a lot of these cuss words are is they're words that were initially meant to be used in a specific context in a certain way yeah. and we've since abused them to right. have them either mean something else or use them as expletives to express our anger. Yeah. And so like the word the word damn.
2: whoa For instance. Whoa. We're going to the E now on the, on the thing.
1: Yeah, we uh explicit. We recognize that, that that is used in the proper context when we talk about what sin does to mm-hmm. us. It, yeah. it damns us to hell.
2: what You done yet? Yeah. I done mean, right.
1: Uh, there's the one for the donkey.
2: Yeah, in <laughs> <So, Same> scripture. <laughs> yeah.
1: So anyway, like these these are words that people have abused yeah. to express their frustration. So whether it's like a a, a cuss word, or if it's just a, a different word that you use to either ill like uh what was the phrase I'm looking for to wish ill will on somebody yeah. or to express your frustration towards somebody or, like poor situation. Yeah, I mean scripture says if you even call someone a fool then you're in danger of the fires of hell. And so we need to be careful about how we use our words. I I don't think the question is necessarily cuss word or not. I think the question is, am I using my words in a way that glorifies God? Mm. Whether that is in an acting role, Um, even though you're not acting as yourself, you're acting as a specific character. And that's, that's, a, I mean, that's a unique situation that I, I just don't think I have the answer for. But I would also tell you that Scripture does speak into how you use your tongue. And is it edifying to others? Is it clear that Jesus is Lord over your tongue
2: mm-hmm.
1: or or not?
2: Well, another thing, um, and this goes back to like there's this there's this spirit. All things are spiritual. There's we're talking about the the doctrine. We're talking about the scriptural texts, but then just culturally, as believers, we want to be different than society. We want to be above reproach. We want to be uh, people who are who are set apart. Yeah. Now, what people typically mean are what they do when they say that is they stop cussing and then they work, their co-workers say, hey, you, you know, you, you don't cuss. You must be different. Which there's validity validity to that. But the reality is um, they should be, they should notice that you're a Christian because of the way you're engaging them with the gospel, not because you're, you're not throwing around four-letter words. Exactly. Um, but with the same breath, like, you know, not swearing is a good way to, be different, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think another important part about that is like, are you are are you using your words to build up people or tear down people? Like, that's a crucial question to ask. Yeah. And to shift a little bit into the whole like acting part, this is what is it, Nate? Uh, Na- Nathan. Nathan was talking, asking about anyway. Um, I don't know a whole lot about acting. Um, I did a few plays. Um, <laughs> church. Christmas play, you know those kinds of things. I'm sure, you were the star. Uh, yeah, sure wasn't. Um, but that's a, the extent of my acting career. But I think about I have some family who are in theater and different things like that. And you you have to put yourself in some unique and vicarious positions relationally. You have to be around people. You have to um, maybe be in, in movies or shows. And you just have, you gotta think. I don't know if cussing's the big one here. When it, you're talking about going into the whole acting, is you know, is that the thing you're worried about is saying cuss words or is it vegan movies or films that have, you know, either sexual things of sexual nature or um, and it's people on the roads all over the place. Here. I know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, sorry. Anyway, the, the question is like, when it comes to acting, it comes to vegan films, shows, can you be a Christian and, and do that with, and, and not maybe doing an inappropriate scene or whatever, but still having those in the film or that piece of artwork? You know what yeah. I'm saying? I yeah. think it's a hard question, that.
1: It is a hard question. Because
2: you can, you can totally be a light in a very dark place, um, but then are you also endorsing, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But I it mean, at, minute, the, the, tough yeah. questions. at the end of the day, whether it's with your speech, which it is, but it's not just our speech that we're called mm. to glorify God with. It's with everything that we do. Yeah. And so the, the question that Nathan's asking is a great question yeah. because it, he's clearly sensitive to that. Like, Hey, I want to glorify Christ in my speech. Like, what does that look like? And and the first thing that, I, that we would say is, is talk to your pastor. And I say, that's the first thing we would say, but we're already like what 16 minutes into this thing and we haven't said it. So, the, your first step is to talk to your pastor like get some spiritual counsel from the one who is supposed to shepherd and care for your soul um, and then hopefully we're helpful in, in thinking through some of these things but, but we're not your pastor so we would encourage you to have a conversation with him about these things and hopefully, he's in your church and Nathan? no he's not in my church no. um, but hopefully your pastor will help navigate you and, and steer you in the right direction so, that's that. What was the other thing that we, we had on here? Do you have anything
2: else that you want to add to? Well, I, I, it's just a hard thing, you know. You've already uh, said that. I think people Christians need to walk in a lot of grace towards people who take different positions. Either side you're on, you need to be very gracious to your brothers and sisters. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I would say there, there are some distinctive lines that can be crossed when people are using cuss words in very profane um, very kind of nasty ways towards people and yeah. tearing down people that's sin I mean it doesn't matter if you're using a four letter word or, or all the other word words if you're tearing people down you're tearing the brothers in Christ sisters in Christ down that's a problem so yeah, yeah that's all
1: Yep. Yeah, you could tear somebody down without ever saying a cuss word and then you could in one sense quote somebody right who said a cuss word and you're not tearing yeah. anybody down mhm and so, the way we use our, our speech is more than just whether we're using customers or not. It's is what we're saying. It's what's coming out of our mouth. Is it glorifying to God and is it upbuilding others? So, let's shift to this. Thanks, Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. Shifting to this from Zane.
2: Zane Pratt.
1: Nope, not Zane I-M-B-O. Pratt. He's my missions professor. He's great. Um, but from Zane Feemster. I'm not sure if I said that right. Zane, thank you for writing in. He says, yo. Which I already like him, because I say yo a lot. Do yep. you? Yep. He says, yo. Live in Austin, Texas, and stumbled upon your podcast this week. Been binging it. Hey, thanks. Oh, Appreciate wow. that, Zane. Nice he says, thanks for you. putting in the time to speak theology to everyday peeps. Really resourceful. He also uses peeps. I like that. There's a state trooper right there. I'm <laughs> well aware. Glad, glad you're not speeding. <laughs> um, I was
2: speeding when he came up on me,
1: though. Oh, boy. Okay, it says, really resourceful. Thought a good topic might be the American Gospel, Christ Alone documentary that came out this past year and the trappings of the false gospels that are all around us in our culture. Appreciate you guys. Let me know if you're ever in Austin. Zane. Zane, we will. Appreciate that. Was he that. saying
2: like to all the listeners? Um,
1: Let them know if you're in Austin. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, but no, Zane. I hear, I hear Austin's like the coolest city in the nation. It's like the most hipster said and that? up-and-coming... Basically, every article, that talks about Austin. real estate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because I read a lot of real estate. <laughs> I really don't. Um, anyway. But Austin's supposed to be a cool place. so mm-hmm. glad to hear we got some listeners down there anything you're writing in? Um, the American Gospel, Christ Alone, mm-hmm. is a documentary that who did?
2: Brandon? So with it G don't the phone. thing that phone up. Okay, I'll pull so, it up. and So, anyway... And it came out, I think, at the end of last year or early 2019. Um, it's long. It's like two hours and 20 minutes. And there's people from Paul Washer. Um, I think John Piper's in there. John MacArthur. So several big... Brandon Kimber. Kim, Kimber. okay, K-I-M-B-E-R. 2018. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so what it's talking primarily about is the false gospel of... Um, prosperity Gospel. Prosperity Gospel. Me centric. The Gospel. Really.
1: Yeah, name it, claim it.
2: Yeah, easy, consumeristic. Now, they, they, maybe they're not that broad. It, it's primarily focused on like Vinny Hinn, Preflo Dollars, Joel Osteen, Joel Joyce Meyer, jo- TD the Jakes. Jakes. These guys who are just out there to kind of hey, get your money yep. and they're going to swindle you out of it. Kenneth Copeland. Um, and one of the guys who, who does a lot of kind of the speaking in the documentary where really, they have a lot of with the interview with him is uh Vinny Hen's nephew. Yeah, what's his name? I can't remember, but he uh, was part of Vinnie Hen's ministry for a while. And yeah then he realized like what everything was going on. And like it blew my mind in the in the spoiler alert, uh, when he's like I did I thought we were doing, you know, the Lord's work. Like I thought this was where we we're doing the Lord's work and then he realized just that it was all fraud. Yeah. So Costy. Costy and. Yep. Um, yeah. So anyway, but didn't he didn't he talk
1: about how like they would have him go up there and like they knew who was going to come up and fall yeah, down. Yeah.
2: Yeah. These people who are who are actually like paralyzed or injured, they would like push them to the side and say like, "You go here and pray or what you know." Yeah. Um, so since then, I mean, he's obviously been shunned by the family and all that stuff. Um, but we're going to kind of use the American Gospel in Christ alone going to plug it, phenomenal, you can get it on Amazon, you can buy it, DVD, Blu-ray, worth watching, iTunes, watch it with your community group, worth the investment, like I keep five packets of it and give it out, I mean it's just great, Um, packets of DVDs give it out, so we're going to kind of use that as a jumping off point to talk a little bit about just false gospel in America, and kind of big scope, that's just being man-centric, Thinking that the gospel has to do with me—it's kind of for my good. It, it makes me feel good. It's, it's my personal religion. Um, I'm at the I'm at the very center of it all. In big picture, that's a, a massively false gospel because you're you're hanging your hat on a God who isn't that way. It's not really who God is. Yeah. Um, God is. He is definitely cares about you and is aware of you. He created you. He desires deep, intimate relationship with you. But you are not the center of the universe. Newsflash, your mom was right. Yeah. <laughs> the world does not revolve around you.
1: Yep. Rob? That's what I'm supposed to jump off
2: of? Whatever you want. That phrase? I mean, whatever. Just, <laughs> no, as no. we're talking about okay. c- consumerism and just the false gospel of me, Yeah. Know, we're going to kind of hone in a little bit to talk about the prosperity gospel.
1: Yeah, so we've already done an episode on the prosperity gospel where we get a little bit deeper into it, so if you get the chance and you want to look into that, go to our website, simpletheology.org, and go to the search bar on the upper right, and just type in prosperity gospel, and that should come up. That'll have, hopefully, some, some helpful thoughts on there, um, but so we, we've talked about this at length, so we're not going to get as deep into it this time around, but one of the huge dangers, which is essentially what you've said, Rick, about the prosperity gospel, is that it's very me-centered. There's also another thing that's kind of like a cousin, so to speak, of the prosperity gospel called the consumer gospel, which doesn't talk about the gospel, but it talks about things that people want to hear. So, like, maybe five steps to a healthy marriage, or three steps to financial freedom, or... those bad things? No, those aren't bad things, but they're not the gospel. And... They are not necessarily things that we wanted to remind each other of on the Sunday gathering where God's people come together and need to be reminded of the gospel in which they have affirmed, but instead they're told, here's how to have this idol that you have. Here's how to have a great marriage, and great marriage is a wonderful thing, but it can easily become an idol. Here's how to have financial freedom. That's a wonderful thing, but it can easily become an idol. So here's how to be a great friend. Good friendships are wonderful things, but those can be idols. And so, if you only talk about those things that people want to hear, without ever touching on the gospel, and the gospel can't even be adequately explained without also touching on sin. And so, if you remove those things and say, "Well, we don't want to talk about those things because people don't want to hear those things," let's tell them how to be great brothers. Let's tell them how to be a great family member, great financial steward, like X, Y, Z. Those aren't bad things, but they're not what the, the gathering on the Lord's Day was meant for the people of God. So we need to be reminded of the gospel in those days. So there's like the consumer gospel, and then there's this prosperity gospel, which is really what the American gospel Christ Alone talks about, uh, which, again, can't recommend that enough. Um, but what, what they get at is that this prosperity gospel where if you have enough faith you will be healthy you will be wealthy and you will be prosperous but you have to have enough faith if you're sick it's because you don't have you're not trusting God for something if you um, have financial troubles then it sounds like you're not trusting God with your finances or maybe something else what that says couple things. The first thing is that the the reason in which I have faith is to get
2: this idea. And God's here to serve you for it. Yeah. Got like, like God's here to make me better and make me more successful in my job and he's to make me, like, value myself more and have my best life now Yeah, you know, those kinds of things.
1: There was recently a, a tweet by Joel Osteen that said, um, I'm paraphrasing, but it essentially said, if you're feeling down today, remind God of what you have done for him. It's like... <laughs> and the quote that's that somebody said is that... Yeah, the, the quote that somebody said was that this is um, the funniest and saddest thing I've read all day
2: today. Yeah. And it's like, that's... Well, yeah, and it's there's terrible. A, terrible theology and, she and she really has, sad. And his wife, who is a co-pastor at uh, whatever the church is called. Lakewood. Lakewood. Um... And she's like, you didn't Sunday morning, thousands, of, tens of thousands of people. And she's like, you didn't come here for God. You came here for you. <laughs> You're honest, and that's okay. Oh, and, and, and the irony is, she's 100% right. Those people did not come there to yeah. glorify, edify God. They came for themselves. And I'm just gonna say, the reason that we, we pick on the prosperity gospel, pretty much every chance we get, yeah. is because it's so subtle. And it's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's just everywhere. People think, you know, you see people reading like um, the books about even, I mean, I Jesus Calling books by Sarah Young. Yeah. I mean, terrible stuff. That's, that's terrible. But everyone has those books. They're everywhere. And she thinks that she hears from the Lord and just all these things. And they just want to talk about all the things that God can give you because He's God. Like, he's just a dispenser of gifts. It's the fact that he's just, he's loving, he's wrathful, he will he's vengeful, right? But people, they don't want to hear that. And so the reason we harp on the prosperity gospel is because it's everywhere.
1: Uh, and boys, it's, it's condemning people to hell. It's condemning people the to hell. people, to people to who embrace it have not yeah. embraced the true gospel. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's doing that. It's elevating your idol and using God to get it. But it's also elevating your works and saying, if you do this, right. if you have enough of this, then God. Right. And and like you can say, well, isn't it if you have faith, then you'll be saved because we're saved by right. faith alone? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. But we go a step further and say, faith is a gift from yeah. God, Ephesians yeah. 2, 8 and 9. Like yeah. the faith that we have. Is a gift from God. So God gets all the glory. It's not anything we've done, it's God come saving, on. God ransoming. Come on. Ransoming. Rob. Come on. <laughs> yeah. We're in the South. That's right. I appreciate those, those come ons. But those two things of elevating your idol and using God to get it, and then also elevating your works like those things are some of the dangerous pitfalls of the of the prosperity gospel and and the the dvd is a good job pointing this out yeah. and i think when we watched it we didn't even get through all of it but we got through half a little bit over half you've watched the whole thing
2: yeah you haven't watched it all yet
1: no oh you, my goodness you're my resource but the first like i was so bummed when we had turned it off because it was so so good yeah i mean this this documentary is tremendous and you get the chance, like, I just can't recommend enough, like, get your community group together, or just get some friends, or hand it out to a couple co-workers, because, because here's what I've noticed, is that some of the people that I've worked with, that I've talked to about the gospel, or I've talked to about Christianity, they have said, oh, yeah, like, I, I see, I see the, uh, preachers on TV, and All I right. just, I just get the wrong vibe from them, I'm like, dude, me too, those guys, are, there's a reason for that, yeah, like, I can't stand some of those people because they're charading around, like prating around, with this this false message. And people who embrace it have not embraced the true gospel. And people who are smart enough to see the, the farce that it is say, "If that's Christianity, I don't want
0: anything to do with
1: it." Did you see the farce that it is? Farce. <laughs> when you can just see
2: the farts that that is, yeah. it reeks.
1: It does. It's dead. That's right.
2: <laughs> It smells, bad. All of the above. All of the above. Anybody <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. for that? Yeah. So, yeah. so I think just um, again, get it, just get it. Watch American Gospel of Christ Alone. Yeah. But also, um, don't be don't be a vigilante in a sense. Like I'm here just to point out all the errors of other Christians. But do be on guard against the prosperity gospel yes. and, and any kind of message that puts man at the center. Uh, and we we can do this so subtly. It, it becomes, oh, we witness. We go. We go out and evangelize for my glory. Yeah. And we we go out. We're we're, we're discipling. We're, we're spending hours doing the Lord's work for my for my glory for me. So yeah. Be uh, be cautious of those things.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, and, and I mean, some of the things that we just need to be aware of are, are just, and Zane even mentioned it, were all the false gospels that are out there. So yes, the prosperity gospel is a huge one. I mean, that's that's one of the most popular ones. There's also the consumer gospel, which you already talked about. Um, and there's, you can put pretty much anything in front yeah, of that and, term.
2: and to go the other way, some people, there's even the, and maybe, yeah, I don't have a clear enough thought in my head, but I'm gonna say it anyway. You know, that's what we do on this podcast. People can go to the extreme and say, you know, it's it ha- it has nothing to do with you at all. Like it's all God. I am um, not talking about earning salvation or any of that stuff, but but they can almost like eradicate man out of the picture. It's like, well, no, like God did come to redeem man. Yeah. Like the gospel is about God providing a way for fallen man. Yeah. So. Uh, to go to the hard to the other extreme where people are just like, they don't even talk about man, it's just just about God, and, and man has nothing to do with it. Like, well, that's not the, the gospel either. Yeah, like, that's, it's true of God, like, he's he's outside of his face, and he's a perfect unity, and he didn't need mankind, Yep. obviously, but the gospel is about God's redemption of mankind.
1: Yeah, and, and to be clear, you're not advocating to be clear. for, like, hey, God did 99%, we just have to do 1%. Right. Like, God did 100%. That's like, for not, our
2: salvation, yeah. Yeah,
1: 100%. But you still need to repent and believe the gospel yeah. in order to be saved. We just go that extra step, and this is like the whole Calvinist or Indian thing. We go the extra step of saying, yes, we do have to repent and believe, but we recognize that it was God who did the work right. to enable us to repent and believe, to right. give us the faith that we now confess with our mouth. Mm, uh, but but that's one of the things that makes your personal time in the word so important to because as the body of Christ the local expression of the body of Christ in your church you as a member of that body have a responsibility to understand the gospel and to understand it well so that you can help your brothers and sisters around you walk in faithfulness in that gospel. So if somebody does begin to embrace a false gospel, prosperity gospel, consumer gospel, whatever, you can say, hey brother, let's sit down, let's have a talk. And you can help show him what the true gospel is. But if you're just banking on your pastor alone to be able to do this for everyone in the church, then either A, he's gonna get worn thin and wiped out, or B, people are just gonna to start to embrace false teachings because you can't expect one, two, or even just 10 guys alone to be able to do this. You need to, to be doing the one another's as the body. And so it's so important. Like the next time you're in, in the scriptures, reading over the passage of text that you're in, whether that's Old Testament, New Testament, Gospels, whatever, like whatever it is, understand that as you do that, that's to help you better understand the gospel yourself so that you can encourage your brothers and sisters to walk faithfully in the gospel.
2: Preach it, come on. <laughs>
1: is that your way of saying that we're done?
2: No, I just said good stuff.
1: <laughs> Do you have anything else on this?
2: I mean, I just think that you have the, the right understanding of the gospel is something that grows in, with time. Yeah. But God is at the center of it all. It's for His glory, primarily. It's for our good. It's for our growth. Uh, yep. It's for our joy and our our benefit. Yep. So it's not just... You can't just talk about God and leave mankind out of the conversation. We're about. But you do have to talk about who God rightly talk about who God is, what He's done. Yeah. So, so it's it, good stuff. Yeah, and, and I mean, today, it's
1: the prosperity gospel
2: mm.
1: and the yeah. consumer gospel. Tomorrow might be something totally different. I mean... False gospels have been around yeah. since the gospel was introduced. Just read the book of Galatians. Right. And I see Paul frustrated with them because they've already turned to a false gospel. Yep. And so, this is uh, not going to be something. Decision? Yeah, this is not something that's going to just go away, but it's going to show up in different forms. And so that's why we constantly need to be going back to the gospel so that we rightly understand it. There you go. All right, we are still on our way back from Myrtle Beach. By the time this drops. Lord willing, we'll be home. Wait, are we out. starting a new episode? No, I'm, oh. I'm just I'm just recapping. Oh,
2: okay. okay.
1: Rick has pounded a bunch of Kit Kats in an unhealthy amount.
2: Ooh, yeah,
1: baby. Rick's sweet tooth this week has been off the charts.
2: It hasn't been, it's been pretty consistent, actually. Consistently off the charts. No, I, listen, here's the thing. Rob, and we talked about this on the previous episode, Rob and being a former athlete and how he feels like he <laughs> has the responsibility to maintain a certain figure. <laughs> Um, I definitely need to lose a few pounds. But I mean, not, it's not like I'm crazy
1: with my diet. I feel like um, I gained like a solid five pounds on this vacation. Really? Uh, there, there hasn't been a gone? scale to say otherwise. Sure but. looks like it, but I didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Your words, Rob, <right>, not mine.
2: <laughs> no, I do. I okay. I legit have a problem with sugar. Um, and I I express that in many ways. <laughs> If anybody wants to email to break the dangers of diabetes, no, feel I'm, free to do that. I'm not really overweight. I just like I—I've been cutting back, but listen, I know for me, vacation is not the time to cut back. Like it's—it's <laughs> it's all out. No, you—you've
1: um, kept your figure pretty well. I was looking at our about page on our website,
2: yeah,
1: and it's a picture of us in New Zealand yeah. when we went to Hobbiton. Which we need to get some updated photos. Yeah, but, I, th- I keep both thinking about look that. Look pretty similar. Right? I I mean it's only been a few years, but I've
2: maintained the same weight for probably the last six years. Five five years. Good for you, man. Yep, so get off my case, let me eat my candy. (laughs) (laughs) Alright,
1: we're wrapping off here, but Rick's gonna go enjoy some Kit Kats. Last one. Peace. Peace out.